0: Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby.
1: Well, it's Monday, Columbus Day, and along with all the celebrations on Fifth Avenue for Columbus Day and... Uh... Uh the Italians had a beautiful day today, and WABC participating in it. It's also a very sad day, a very sad day of what's happened in Israel. It's what, what's happened and uh, how did they get caught flat-footed. And we're going to be asking questions about that in the studio. We have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, and we have con- former Congressman Peter King and my co host, Rita Cosby. I'm so and, upset uh, today,
2: John. It's, it's...
1: It, there's reasons to be upset because I texted uh, some of our uh, uh, former presidents uh, and I said to them uh, today, you know what I said? New York is next.
2: That's what I worry with, about. With,
1: with open borders.
3: John, if it's not, it's only because of luck.
1: Yeah, because with open yeah. borders and all those terrorists coming in unchecked, New York has always been the target and, you know, it's going to happen. I apologize I for saying that. And, I worry uh, about what, it. Uh, big time. And what the heck happened in the Middle East? Well, the one guy that one smart guy and, uh, uh could, could possibly know, uh,
2: uh, His, uh is uh, former ambassador, former UN ambassador John Bolton. And uh, Mr. Ambassador, uh, thank you for joining us. You know, at first, uh, I don't know if you saw the new news that just crossed a little bit ago. Uh, the death toll has now risen. Uh, to about 1,400 in Israel, and it now includes 11 Americans. Um, it's, and going we, to be, and it's going to be many more. It's really. going to be many more. These are just the official yeah. numbers, John, that are just coming out. Uh, Since Ambassador, when have you ble- believed the White House lately? Uh, never, never, but that's true. Uh, Ambassador Bolton, this is horrific.
4: Well, it's a barbaric uh, attack by a barbaric <laughs> organization and uh, despicable in every sense of the word. Uh, I think the most important thing we can do now as Americans is show uh, unwavering support for Israel and do it not just politically but concretely. I think it was right to send the aircraft carrier Gerald Ford and a task force toward the eastern Mediterranean. I think there's a lot more we can do to help Israel militarily in intelligence terms. I think uh, we ought to send Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin immediately to see what uh, can be done. Uh, we've got to get our intelligence services back up to speed. The Israelis miss this. We miss this. Uh, and just to go to the point you were discussing a few seconds ago, uh, if we miss this attack, who knows what else we're missing.
3: Yes, John, this is Pete King. I was talking to somebody who was involved in setting up that security system, was involved with it. And that person can't understand how the entire system would have broken down, how usually if you go five or ten feet along the Gaza Strip, somewhere it's picked up.
2: You're talking about the Iron Dome. The, oh, that, the, no, that, you you know, know? I'm talking about on the ground.
3: On the ground there's a lot of security, right, yeah. Peter? Oh, big Tremendous time. You drive it on more than I do, but I'm just saying it's such so, heavy security. It's all so much to the cyber. Anyway, it's so sophisticated.
1: You no, know,
4: it's stunning. No, yeah, you're you're exactly right. And to me, this, uh, this uh, points only in one direction, obviously. Hamas was responsible for carrying this out. But I think we need to understand this as an Iranian attack on Israel, using Hamas as their surrogates. And the next big question is, will they do do the same with Hezbollah out of Lebanon? It appears the Israelis are trying to take some steps to prevent that from happening, but we don't know. This is... uh, this is part of what Qasem Soleimani, the now deceased head of the Iranian Quds Force, called the ring of fire around Israel that he wanted to create. And it looks to me like it's being implemented. The, the White House uh, lacks a spine on this issue. They're afraid to call Iran out because they're worried about getting back into their precious 2015 nuclear deal. They've, they've made fools of themselves by appeasing Iran on the hostage uh, purchase that just happened a few weeks ago, $6 billion for five American hostages. John, uh, they, they there's rumors around,
1: rumors that, around. that, R- rumors that uh, some of the uh, 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 weapons that we left in Afghanistan were, were used and this, some of the $6 billion be used. You tell us. I mean, I don't want to do on rumors.
4: Well, I don't think we know. Look, the $6 billion is probably still in a Qatari bank account, but so what? We, we've increased by making that. Uh, really it's a human trafficking payment Uh, we've increased the net assets of the iranian state by six billion dollars money's fungible they just move money from somewhere else
2: you know ambassador why don't we why you know kevin mccarthy just came out a little bit ago he was on fire because you know he's very close to the israelis and understands the situation the former speaker and he said we should stop right now uh, block that money from ever going to Iran in any shape or form. Obviously, the priority is also if there are American hostages there. Uh, but shouldn't we be taking some strong actions against oil, Iranian oil, uh, no assets to them? I mean, we got to get tough.
4: Well, a couple things. Number one, the Biden administration has substantially weakened enforcement of the existing sanctions against Iranian oil exports. And news reports indicate they're up to where they were just before Uh, uh, The Trump administration withdrew from the Iran nuclear deal and reimposed the sanctions. That's unacceptable. Uh, We have evidence of an Iranian influence operation penetrating the State Department and the Defense Department. The chief uh, U.S. negotiator with Iran on the nuclear deal had his security clearance suspended. Uh, The the people that he hired or tried to hire – uh, are are really following the Iranian propaganda line, The, the administ- and the administration has just stonewalled Congress on exactly what's happening there. So you're, you're right across the board. We have softened on Iran because of this administration's uh, obsession with getting back into the failed 2015 nuclear deal.
5: Mr. Ambassador, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. I'll tell you what troubles me. You have these voices from the Western civilization saying, Israel has a right to defend itself. And so they're saying the right words at this time. But how about a week from now and two weeks from now when there's escalation in the Gaza Strip and innocent civilians are used as ploys by by Hamas, start getting injured and killed. Then they're going to be saying, well, you're not acting proportionally. There's not a proportional response. And Israel has to step back. What are your thoughts on that?
4: Well, I think we ought to just make it clear now Biden should give a speech saying we reject this whole idea of a proportionate response. Look, a country has a right to live in peace and security. And when they're attacked by terrorists, they are entitled not merely to defend themselves, not merely to retaliate on a one on one basis for the attack. They're entitled to remove the threat. They don't have to live under continuous threats. Self-defense means they can eliminate that threat. I hope that's what Bibi Netanyahu has started to do here.
2: I just hope that our president doesn't tell him to back off, that the administration, that's where I worry, uh, because... Already. That's what they always do. Well, well, and the first thing that came out, let's not forget guys, uh, literally minutes after it came out that this attack was happening, there was a statement from, it was the, the U.S. Embassy the, there, pal- the right? The Palestinian office. The yeah. Palestinian hmm. office of the U.S. Embassy. And it essentially said both sides need to basically stand down. Are you kidding me? Like as if they were on equal territory. That spoke volumes, Ambassador.
4: It did, and even worse, uh, Secretary of State Blinken had a conversation with his Turkish counterpart and put out a tweet that said he he had uh, agreed that Turkey should try and find uh, a ceasefire between Hamas and Israel. Now they took that tweet down too, but but that's a ex- ceasefire? Are you kidding me? The terrorists are still loose inside Israel.
6: Yeah,
2: that's like uh, saying you get attacked by nine eleven. Okay, America should cease fire. John, where do you I see guess. the countries in
3: the? I'm sorry, where do you see the countries in the region going? Jordan, Egypt. Qatar, Saudis?
4: Well, the uh, the the, uh, the only country that's really issued a strong statement in support of Israel is the United Arab Emirates. Uh, I really think that's another thing the Biden administration should be doing. To, to the countries that have extended diplomatic recognition to Israel, to Saudi Arabia, which we hope is going to do it, to Egypt, Jordan, which are really kept going by us. But I, I think the administration is just unable to grasp the centrality of Iran uh, to this, to this terrible attack that's taken place. I mean, my view has been clear for a long time. There will never be peace and security in the Middle East while the Ayatollahs still rule in Tehran. Uh, we're just past the one-year anniversary of the killing of Masih uh Masih Amini. Sorry for the uh, for the terrible crime of violating the Ayatollah's dress codes, uh, which sparked protests all over the country. The Ayatollahs are. In deep trouble inside their country, I think one reason for this attack is to distract their people's attention. It's a classic authoritarian maneuver uh, to to point people at foreigners when you've got domestic trouble. I I don't see any leadership coming from the administration. This is a chance, I think, for for members of Congress, Republican and Democrats, to stand up and say, we will back Israel. We will not accept this. Anybody who assisted Hamas in this attack, and meaning specifically Iran, is going to pay for it.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Thank you, John Bolton. Uh, how long before we find out what really happened?
4: Well, it's a uh, it, it, it's a matter of really grave concern. It should be uh, again for the reason you indicated about concern for New York. When we miss an attack this big, which had thousands of people involved in setting it up, coordinating it, carrying out, and we had no evidence, or if whatever evidence we had, our analysts missed. This is intelligence failure on our part, on the part of the Israeli intelligence agencies. Uh, and and that, that should require everybody working 24-7 until we find out what happened and also review everything else we've got to make sure uh, that we either know what else is coming or at least we can be prepared for it.
1: Ambassador John Bolton, thank you for filling in all the American people, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you, John. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you.
2: Thank you. And joining us now is Professor Alan Dershowitz. Uh, Of course, a big, big supporter of Israel. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, um, you wrote a really powerful column column talking about it is time to punish Iran. Talk about it.
7: Well, Iran is behind this. Without Iran, there could be no Hamas. There could be no Hezbollah. And the only way to deter this from happening again is not to go after uh, only Hamas and Hezbollah because they're just puppets. You have to go after the puppet master. This is the perfect time for the United States and Israel to get together and to destroy Iran's nuclear reactor. Uh, The Americans have now sent a fleet uh, to uh, the coast of Israel, which has many, many jets. Uh, Israel has the capacity to do this. Uh, Everybody in the world will be pleased if this were to happen. Saudi Arabia would condemn it publicly, but privately would clap their hands and, and, and thank Israel and the United States for doing this. You know, Israel and the United States were afraid of world reaction. But after this, this horrible, horrible um, uh, massacre, how can the they attain to
1: accept it? You know? How can they attain all the hundreds of thousands of rockets without us knowing?
2: It? Yeah, that it is stunning. Without the Israelis knowing. Right. With that, it's it's stunning. And, and, John, to the point they believe it's been prepared for for at least weeks if not years. I mean, this is and the kind of facilitation John's talking about, they had the rockets, they had uh they had gliders, they came in on jeeps. I mean, it was it was so multi-coordinated, it is stunning that that there was no intel to provide. The Egyptians are saying now that they were telling the Israelis that something big was happening, but they didn't know what.
7: Well, who would imagine even if anything big that they could have so many rockets. Where did they come in from? They couldn't have come in from the sea they probably some of them came from the tunnels under egypt and probably some of them were manufactured there look israel made a terrible mistake um, years ago 10 years ago 12 years ago uh, and and repeatedly by not destroying hamas before there were hostages uh, they were just too humane uh, they didn't want to hurt civilians uh, they didn't want to do what we did in, at hiroshima or Dresden, and and they put their people at, at risk as a result of it. Now they want to do it. But with uh, who knows how many hostages, which they're threatening to execute publicly on television, it's much harder uh, to do. Um, but the end result has to be, number one, the end of Hamas, and number two, regime change in Iran. That has to happen. Now it won't be easy. Uh, but and it can't and Israel probably can't do it alone. But Israel and the United States can do it. I mean, the only people who benefit from this destabilized uh, Middle East are China and, and Russia uh, and Iran and uh, the rest of the world would be much happier with an Iran that was in the hands of democratic Uh, people there who want to live uh, a decent life. Exactly,
2: and the world would be a lot safer place. Professor Dershowitz, uh, Judge Weinberg has a question. Alan, I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm
5: very troubled by this because they're holding the hostages. They're threatening to kill one, uh, one at a time if they go after the buildings. You can't hold your military posture hostage to this. And that's the problem because every death they have in Israel really counts because it's such a small country and the yep. family connections are so enormous. But there comes a time. Also,
3: Israel is human beings.
5: They're human beings. Yes. But there comes a time that you have to do what you have to do. They have to wipe out Hamas because if they go back to the status quo, they'll just rearm and do this again in six months or in a year.
7: What say you? I mean, one one possibility is to have um, a temporary ceasefire in exchange for Hamas returning the um, the civilians, particularly, but uh, all the hostages, uh, but that won't happen. And so, you know, there's no good there's no good solution for Israel. But putting Israel aside for a moment, what does this tell us about the United States? Amnesty International at Harvard, Amnesty International, signed a statement today saying this is all Israel's fault that the rape, the murder, the kidnapping was all Israel's fault. 30-some-odd organizations at Harvard, where I taught, for 60 years. And where's the
5: administration Um, condemning those organizations? Yeah.
7: Not a word. If there was a word said about any black student or any gay student or any transgender student, the administration would be out there with a megaphone. But when it comes to Jews, when it comes to Israel— The reason they say, oh, this is political, this is Zionism, that's nothing to do with Zionism. The vast majority of people who were murdered at that music fest were people who were in favor of peace. This was a peace music fest. The kibbutzim down there, which were devastated, kibbutzim are mostly left-wingers who support a two-state solution. This has nothing to do with politics. This is genocide against Jews, whether they be American Jews, British Jews, uh, Jews who were in israel and 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 for students for norman finkelstein to say that it warms his heart to see these people being raped and murdered norman finkelstein and yet he can speak at city university of new york brooklyn college but i can't speak at brooklyn college because i favor the two-state solution new york city has a real problem it must defund it must defund the uh, law school of city university of new york city university of new york law school is not a law school
2: yeah that's where that woman who spoke you know something
1: enough is enough for socialists
7: it is is, by the the way it's not socialist it is communist it is hard left it is woke it is anti-semitic they don't learn law i wouldn't hire A graduate of that school, and the poor graduates, because some of them, I'm sure, are decent people.
2: And by by the way, Professor Dershowitz, I want to remind everybody, that's where that graduate student who spoke, that was like that bash. I also, I don't know if you just heard Larry Summers. Um, is ripping, is furious at Harvard today. Thank yeah, goodness he, he spoke out and he said, I am sickened. And what's obviously so relevant, he's not only the former Treasury Secretary, but also uh, President good of Harvard. President. Yes. So Look, I'm a graduate
7: him. of the City University of New York, and I am sickened. I'm disgusted that as part of the City University of New York, you, every person who lives in this city, Pays for this anti-Semitic institution. Hey, Alan, this is PK. the Alan, faculty, the faculty unanimously, unanimously voted to boycott only Israel. Yeah, uh, it's right.
2: disgusting, disgusting. Disgusting. Here's Peter King, uh, professor. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it quick. The problem you're talking
3: about here at the city and state and local level. How is that going to magnify nationwide if in two or three weeks the Hamas bodies start to pile up and all we see all over the media is people calling on Netanyahu to stop it, to slow down, this has gone too far, let's have a ceasefire? I mean, can Netanyahu stand up against that? And will the administration side with him at all? Or are they going to start to undercut him?
7: Well, I think the administration will stand up. I hope it does. Uh, I think uh, CNN and Times, New York Times has already created a moral equivalence. Uh, they said, "Oh, so so and so many people were killed by Hamas and by Israel." No, 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 no. One was murder, rape, kidnapping. The other was self-defense. But the New York Times always creates moral equivalents. One of the worst defenders is Tom Friedman, uh, who was their lead op-ed writer yep. on this, who will blame everything on Netanyahu, no matter what. Um, but I think the the thing that you, you folks are influential in New York. The City University of New York Law School must be closed down. It cannot be allowed to be funded. If it wants to be an independent school uh, and raise its own money from bigots and from anti-Semites, that's fine. But not a penny, not a penny of New York City tax money and New York State tax money should go to that Der Sturma Institute. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, it, thank you. Outrageous. We yes. got to
1: do a hard break. Uh, thank you for sure. coming on. Thank you for speaking out your mind. And you, we need uh, you to be able to do, that, to do that because. I'll
2: keep doing it. You yeah, keep up sense. a great fight. Uh, let's you. take
1: that hard break right now. And when we come back, we're coming back with KT McFarland. And she's got some interesting news. Stay tuned
0: common-sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: Well, Israel is at war. The counterattacks have begun, and of course, the U.S. fleet is moving in. The world
1: is at war. I was
2: about to say. Exactly, John. You know, first we We have the Ukraine, now Israel,
1: now you know... What's next, Taiwan? It's There is going to be a next.
2: Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is Deputy National Security Advisor KT McFarlane joining us here on Cats and Cosby. KT, we are so vulnerable right now. And your thoughts about where this goes in Israel. This is going to get tough because they're talking about executing hostages, the Hamas.
6: Yeah, I mean, there are two things. What, what John just said is really important to remember. In foreign policy and diplomacy, it's like sharks smelling blood in the water. If they're if, if your adversaries think you're weak and that you're distracted, that's when they strike. And so now here's the United States, the shambolic Afghanistan withdrawal, Ukraine and another forever war, and now the Middle East. And you can bet that the Chinese are looking at this to think, think can they take advantage of America's distraction and weak leadership to make a uh, move on d- to distracted Taiwan? In Ukraine,
1: be distracted in Ukraine, going to be distracted with Iran and with the... Uh, with gaza so maybe it's time for them to hit taiwan
2: and sadly we have an open border too john i mean that combination is so dangerous
6: but where it goes next i think in the middle east is so the israelis are moving in tonight they'll start there in the ground invasion of gaza and likely hezbollah which is the more dangerous force they're on the north if you think of israel like a peanut and on the left-hand side of the peanut is the Gaza Strip and Hamas. That's where the attacks have taken place so far. On the northern part of the peanut is where he- Lebanon and Hezbollah militant mm. group, as well, supported by Iran. They're like, and they're far more sophisticated. Their missiles, their weapons, are far more sophisticated. They're likely to move in from the north in the next couple of days. And then you could well have on the east side of the peanut, the right side of the peanut, uh, the PLO groups in the in on the West Bank could make some kind of a move. So Israel could potentially be facing a three-front conflict. The problem with all this and the reason Hamas went in and didn't they didn't go after military officers, they didn't go after military barracks or anything related to government or infrastructure, they went after women and children and grandmothers. They wanted this to be a slaughter of the innocents because they wanted to provoke the kind of ground assault that we're going to see in the next few days. Why? They know that Israel is going to prevail, but what they want to have the world say is, oh, wait a minute, Israel, they're overreacting. They need to pull back, and they want the world to isolate Israel, and that will be the press you're going to see coming from Europe and in probably very very many parts of the Democrat Party in about a week's time.
3: KT, this is Pete King, and uh, and how are you doing, KT? I've been away from this (laughs) for a while, but I also recall that of all of the terror groups in the world, Hezbollah was the strongest, and it also has a significant influence here in the United States. How do you see that being used by Iran if it does come, you know, if things really do go down?
6: Well, I think Israel, I think Hezbollah joins the fight. I mean, the Wall Street Journal reported... You know what I mean, the impact the here that-
3: in the U.S. even and other... Uh- the well, i think
6: you're going to say so so you'll see it in a number of ways you know there'll be the the squad that the, the far left democrats in congress will demand a cutoff to f8 to israel they'll uh, demand that the united states no longer supply israel with military equipment or intelligence you could well see because of the poorest southern border and all the young yep. males who have come across the gotaways they're a million and a half up. we have no yep. idea who these people are but they're no longer just from central america we do know that there are some on the terror watch list that have gotten through. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if we start seeing attacks on, on, on temples and Jewish houses of worship, Jewish schools, anything that looks like New York,
1: New York has always been a target.
6: Of course it's a target. And that's, again, I think that this comes to America in a very real way. Um, The next thing I worry about though, is if the Biden administration doesn't have Israel's back. They say they do now because it looks pretty bad for Israel, right? Everything is these horrible pictures we've seen. But give it a week or two, give it a month. We know that Bibi Netanyahu has just come out and said, look, don't expect this invasion to be done quickly. It's going to take a while. But if you start seeing Americans being executed, if you start seeing the protest movements in the United States against Israel and for Palestine and the, and the Palestinians. Is Joe Biden really going to be a friend to Israel? You know, he has not in his administration so far. And if Israel determines that nobody has Israel's back, if Israel is isolated and facing extinction and an and existential threat to its existence, I would not be at all surprised if Israel takes a strike on Iran's nuclear sites.
2: You know, there are there are already protests in America, uh, KT, I, I was stunned within hours of this. And, and where, are, where are the Democratic leadership? There are some denouncing it, but I want to hear the White House denouncing those protests literally hours after women and children
6: were slaughtered. The White House is not going to denounce it. Why? Because the far left of the Democrat Party is anti-Israel and is frankly anti-Semitic. And 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 Biden doesn't want to anger any of those people by taking a brave and courageous stand as he should. That's my worry is that this tail is gonna wag the dog and the Biden administration is gonna slowly but surely distance itself from Israel. Israel needs two things from the United States. Intelligence sharing. We have the ability to use our satellites and direct our satellites to show where there are movements of uh, potentially of troops or, or weapon systems, but they're also going to need our, our military equipment. You know, Israel's going to draw down its weapon systems very quickly, as the United States going to hey, backfill.
1: T. Any rumors from your people, your old intelligence people, what happened?
6: Why did they fail? Why, Why? did they not see yeah. the intelligence? So, so there are two failures, one on the part of the Israeli intelligence and then the, and the Israeli military that didn't respond to this quickly enough. And then what happened to the American intelligence? We're, we're supposed to really know this stuff. I don't know if it's a failure of collection of data as much as it's probably a failure to connect all the dots. And I'm sure that in Israel, once the dust settles and they figure out you know, what they're doing militarily, then they'll have a lot of finger pointing to the military leadership, the intelligence leadership, and probably to Prime Minister Netanyahu because, you know, buck stops here
2: absolutely uh we're going to be talking to um an israeli official itay milner uh, from the consulate uh here in new york but talking about what's going on on the ground there. Get a big update that's coming up after the break uh, kt we love you we appreciate you so much thank you thank you thank you and we're going to get the update of what's going on in israel when we come back
0: you're commuting home with Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back here on this enormous news day. Uh, Israel's defense minister, uh, word is that he is ordering, quote, a complete siege of Gaza, of course, after the brutal assault by Hamas over the weekend. And joining us now is Ite Milner. He is the spokesperson for the Israeli consulate in New York. Um, Ite, first of all, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody in Israel. Uh, How is everyone doing tonight? And we understand that a ground assault could be coming very soon. The prime minister was just talking about it momentarily.
8: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate uh, the support. Um, um, From what I'm hearing from my family and from my friends and from people in Israel, um, Israel is now in a in a stage of shock. Um, It's similar to what New York experienced in 9-11. We are the days after uh, the big uh, assault. Uh, People are um, missing their family members. Uh, They don't know where they are. Um, There's still uh, a lot of chaos. They don't know um, who is abducted, who unfortunately died, murdered. Um, uh, um, If there are still terrorists around, um, it's, um, it's it's a very confusing situation and very scary situation. Uh, but the Israeli public is um, is a strong. We are a strong nation. Uh, we will go through it, and we are preparing for a long and uh, and painful um, round of uh, conflict.
1: You know, uh, I mean, if they if they can't find them and they don't know where they are, that doesn't sound very well, very good.
2: Yeah, the hostages. You mean? Yeah, yeah that's scary stuff.
8: Yes, and, and videos are surfacing um, of, of also just being kept in, in Gaza in, in situations that they're being tortured, they're being raped, they're being abused. Uh, we see pictures of kids over there. We see pictures of old women, uh, 85 and 90-year-old, and we hear their granddaughters talking on, on the news and saying that if their grandmother would not receive her medication in a few days, she's not going to survive. And this is the situation that we are dealing in, with right now. And it's only going to get worse because uh, we know for a fact that once the, the, the fighting, when we start in Gaza, Hamas would use it uh, for another um, uh, propaganda. You know, they're going to do horrific things, things that we know, uh, that we've seen in the past from ISIS. Uh, they already proved that there are no different than ISIS in what they did on Saturday.
2: You know, I want to hear also just how how much of an impact this has had on Israel, um, Itay Milner with the New York consulate uh, from Israel uh, here, because I, your, uh, Gilad Erdan, the consul, described it over the weekend. I thought it was so powerful. He said this is Israel's, like, 9-11 in Pearl Harbor, just the impact of having so many people. Describe just how how devastating this was, uh, what Hamas did.
8: We are talking now about uh, more than 1,000 uh, people murdered. Okay, for a country that is uh, 9 million in size, uh, this is not Pearl Harbor and 9-11 together. It's Pearl Harbor and 9-11 together uh, multiplied by 40. That's the magnitude. Um, we are talking about every family in Israel know someone, um, a neighbor or a friend or a family member that is injured or, or, or captured or, or murdered. Uh, we're talking about people seeing their family members in videos, horrific videos, in Gaza being paraded as slaves. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it in the streets of Gaza. Uh, so, as, of course, the effect on the public is 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 tremendous. Um, it's still uh, too early to know what will be the outcome of all of that, uh, but it's certainly what was two days ago will not be the same anymore. You know, Israel will change forever.
1: Okay, uh, John Katzmatidis. What went wrong? Why such an intelligence failure?
8: It's, I'm not sure we know right now, and I'm not sure it's the right time to, um, to look for, um, for uh, who to blame. Um, of course, many things went wrong. Um, we had a conception that was broken to pieces, and similar to the Yom Kippur War, which we just, the same day, marked 50 years uh, since uh, it happened. Um, but that's even worse than the Yom Kippur War. Um, so it, it's still not clear um, what went wrong, but obviously we will make uh, the the checkings and the investigations and the inquiries that we need to do after uh, this is Understood. over, and we will make sure that it will never happen again.
1: how many people, how, much, how big of a force do, do they have?
8: Can you repeat it? How big of what?
1: How big of a force... Does uh, uh, the enemy have? What's the um, estimate? It's
8: it's it's something in the dozens of thousands, like twenty thousand, thirty thousand. Um, but uh, on top of that, they have um, um, a lot of uh, people. You know, we call it reserve. That they, they just have weapons everywhere um, that will uh, that would fight. You know, if 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 if, if and when it's going to be on a ground operation, uh, it's going to be. It's going to be painful for all sides. Uh, It's going to be uh, fighting from from street to street, from house to house. Um, We know for a fact that Hamas is not popular among the population over there. Uh, But to tell you that uh, they will uh, fight against it, I don't know. We don't know.
1: It's it's a very difficult situation. I mean, if I was uh, in charge, I would go in here and just wipe out the whole place. But...
2: Yeah, it, it's well, horrific.
8: I can tell you that a lot of people in Israel are right now are sharing this sentiment, but uh, fortunately um, decision-making is 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 more than just uh, sentiment, and we're going to have to make sure that uh, we do what we do with maintaining human rights and maintaining uh, um, avoidance of collateral damage as much as we can.
1: Absolutely. E.J., thank you very much, and you know, we hope uh, when you get new information, you'll bring us up to date and bring the people of New York up to date.
8: Yes, and in this opportunity, I want to I wanna thank the people of New York because we're getting a tremendous support. I'm talking about um, Empire State Buildings and other state buildings being uh, colored in blue and white. I'm talking about um, the emails that we're getting from people in the street. I'm talking about personal messages that I'm getting from people. It's it's amazing.
2: Well, we love you. We're with you, and our thoughts and prayers are with you. Um, Ite, thank you very much for joining us. And
1: uh, Thank you, Ite. And thank okay. you. I mean, we've been talking about gloom and doom for the last half hour. Uh, we still have today is Columbus Day, and my good friend, Dr. Peter Michalos, uh, our in-house genius uh, historian and medicine, has asked for five minutes to tell us about Columbus. Where the why did, he, did the Queen Isabella hire him, and where the heck was he going? Uh, Peter Michalos, put on your historian hat. Tell us about Columbus.
9: Absolutely. What happens with with Columbus um, is that in 1486, Queen Isabella said to him, we need to find an alternate route to trade with East. And when you read American textbooks, it says Columbus sailed the ocean blue to find an alternate route to trade with East. But they don't finish the sentence. Why? And the reason was that in 1453, Constantinople, which was the power of the time since 330 A.D., fell to Mehmet, uh, the uh, Islamic conqueror. And once that was captured, they could no longer trade easily, and they needed a direct water route from Europe all the way to Asia. So he accidentally ended up finding the Americas and the Bahamas.
1: North America got in its way.
9: Yeah, but <laughs> what happened was that the reason was that the price of coffee suddenly went to four times the price. The price of silk went to five times the price because you had to pay the jizya tax to get through Constantinople. And that's why, uh, Columbus was sent out to bypass that whole situation. So there was a business it's reason to do that.
1: By the
2: way, I don't think yeah, most that. people know that. I no, didn't know I didn't that. Know that wow. He, that's why I asked him to come on. He because, is an uh, encyclopedia. Yeah. I love Peter. He has such yeah, great stuff.
9: interesting thing related to, because everyone's talking about, when you dig into the soil of Jerusalem, it's very interesting, and you go down deep into the soil, What the uh, the archaeologists, what they find is Hebrew and Greek because Alexander the Great was there in 332 B.C., and people don't realize, everybody thinks that, for example, that Palestinians were there forever. It was not till 635 A.D. where the Caliph Umar uh, conquered Jerusalem, and he took it from the Greeks, and the patriarch at the time was a guy named Sophronios, and he chose not to have everyone slaughtered. They were surrounded and outnumbered 10 to 1, so they said, okay, come in and take it peacefully, and they became subjects at the time. But if you go into the soil before 635 A.D., there was no such thing as uh, there was the original people there were uh, Jewish and then there were Greeks and there were Persians. So it's an interesting place that's been cycled through many, many different cultures and people. It's a fascinating place. And I actually wrote a paper once that make Jerusalem an international city like the Vatican, like the U.N., and put some Buddhist uh, Peacekeepers around there so that everybody can just stop fighting because this is crazy, all this uh, violence and thank death, you. and we pray for peace.
1: Thank you, Dr. Peter Michalos, our inside uh, historian, and uh, thank you for uh, letting everybody know. It's, I never knew. Yeah, fascinating, really powerful. Oh, thank you. And uh, and now in the quest of trying to find out where the heck, what the heck is going (laughs) on, you now have a lieutenant general on.
2: Yep, he's coming up after the break, John. Uh, We have Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg, and he's going to talk about the military strategy because we know that the fleet, U.S. fleet, is headed toward Israel. That after the break.
0: It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, the U.S. Gerald Ford is now en route to Israel. And of course, Americans watching. We now have 11 Americans that have been killed and there may be some that have been taken hostage over there and joining us now is Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg. He was the National Security Advisor to Pence and also the Senior Advisor also to then-President Trump. Uh, General Kellogg, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, Your thoughts of what happens now. What does the U.S. need to do militarily and also Israel militarily?
10: Yeah, well, Rita, thanks for having me. And thanks, John, the congressman and the judge as well for, for being there. Look, this is an important Event historically speaking, because what you're seeing is really Israel's 9-11. And what I mean by that is when you look at the numbers being killed in Israel, most of them noncombatants, like when they talk about a thousand, they go, okay, that was a thousand. That's a lot. Well, when you look at the the population and and the density of the population and the demographics, that's roughly 23, 24,000 Americans, comparatively speaking. So it's a significant number. And I think what I want to make sure everybody understands is that, Look, before I directly answer your question, in September 2019, I visited Auschwitz in Poland with then the vice president, Vice President Pence. And those were the camps that made up the complex that were the site of the Nazis' final solution, the extermination of Jews. More than one million women, children, men were murdered. And the visit was really emotionally devastating. It was a visit that really ripped to the heart. And I got back on Air Force Two, and I looked at the vice president, and I said, for the first time in my life, I doubt the existence of God. And he responded, it was not God that caused it, it was man. We need to remember that. There's a moral imperative here that we, at World War II, we came out of it, out of never again. And we need to, to support the Israelis in a really tough fight right now. I mean, what you're seeing was an actual slaughter. And what what we need to do, uh, you know, sort of like we did in the Trump administration, remember, we cut off funds to the Palestinian Authority because they had a thing called the pay-to-slave fund, which gave monetary rewards to families of suicide bombers that killed Americans. And we said, that's not going to happen. So even though that people talk about, you know, well, America first is a proposition based on isolationism. No, it's not. It's a premise that America can do better for the world when the American people are strong, and it's not designed to cower or run or hide, and it's based on strength. So what you see now is with moving uh, the, the forward battle group uh, forward towards towards Israel. We just have to make sure that everybody understands we have taken a moral position uh, and that we will support Israel whatever it's going to take and it's not going to be pretty i tell you rita the fight's going to go on you're going to hear a lot of people screaming hooting and hollering and this is one of those times no nope, this was the killing of innocents this was the killing of men women children and the, the world can't tolerate
3: that general this is pete king general again thank you for your service you're absolutely phenomenal during the uh, reagan pence administration do you think this will be a wake up call to the biden administration to stop the love affair with iran you know I, I really hope so, because
10: what you're seeing is accommodation, and that's the reason you've got the problems there. when you go back to what the Obama and Biden administration did then and now, it was accommodation with a terrorist state. Remember, these are the, these are the guys, the Iranians, who when this was going on on Saturday, the members of the uh, Iranian members of parliament chanted, "Death to Israel, death to America." They're not our friends, and we need to understand that and make sure that's very, very clear. So it's a great point to be made. That that my concern is what they're doing is they're kind of saying oh well it's really not that bad we'll give them more money look we've already given them the recently six billion dollars their oil revenues are huge right now they're over forty six billion dollars a year and, and this is a major problem and they're behind it don't let anybody tell you they're not nobody can conduct an operation like this unless they have some type of external support and the only people supporting them externally are, are the Iranians
5: General it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg sir good to talk to you again. What I'm very troubled by is the fact that you can trace this back to the appeasement by the Obama administration, by Secretary Kerry, their weakness, their appeasement, literally, in my humble opinion, has shown there's blood on their hands. You cannot appease tyrants and authoritarians. You cannot do this and expect anything but the repercussions you have now. What's your comment, General?
10: No, you're exactly right. And remember, Kerry's the individual who said... There's no peace in the Middle East without the Palestinians. Well, we didn't do that with the Abraham Accords. When we in the Trump administration, the, President Trump put together the Abraham Accords, he said we're basically going to say you can come with us or we're going to stand on the sidelines. And it was an economic-based plan that he would bring everybody up economically. And and we got uh, four nations to support us, and we were hoping to get the Saudis on board as well. So basically that would bring peace to the Middle East, and it would be based off economics. But Kerry's position was you shouldn't do that. Well, I remember sitting when the Abraham Accords were signed, went to the lunch afterwards in the White House, sitting next to Tony Blair, former prime minister of the United Kingdom. He looked at me and said, you guys got this one right. And, and we had it wrong before. So there's a, you're right about the policy of appeasement. It's not going to work. It never has historically. And it won't happen now.
2: You know, General uh, Keith Kellogg, um, former national security advisor to President Trump and also uh, Vice President Pence, How complicated, what are we going to do if it turns out that there are Americans held uh, in terms of hostages? We know that they have anywhere from 100 to 150 hostages, and they're not ruling out that some are American. It sounds like the State Department's kind of insinuating that there are. What do we do?
10: Yeah, Rita, okay, this is a hard question, and this is going to come come across as pretty hard and harsh. You almost have to write them off right now. I mean, look, they're keeping kids in cages right now. They've got Israeli general officers captured. The, the chance of those people coming out is not real good. And I hate to say that, but it, you can't operate off of we've got to save the hostages. You'll try to do it. You'll try to go in there and do it. But remember, this this area is so heavily and densely uh, populated and there's tunnels underneath them, and we have no idea where they're at. Usually you have a single target, an individual or one or two individuals, that you can target and go after to rescue. This isn't there. You can send in hostage negotiators, and that may be the outs- that may be the, the approach. But this administration hasn't said a word. They haven't put a hostage negotiator there. They haven't said that we're going to do this. Uh, and my concern is what kind of appeasement will they give? You know, we had Robert O'Brien, who became the National Security Advisor, as our hostage negotiator. And we came out with a lot of people and and didn't pay a price for it. But this is going to be hard because you're dealing with people who are basically thugs. They've killed people in cold blood. They've taken the heads off of Israeli soldiers that were already killed. Um, You've seen what they did with women and children. Uh, you're not dealing there, with a the normal is,
1: person. They're as they good better. as dead. They're, they're, I agree with you, General.
2: It's heartbreaking to hear. Oh, as wow, are as
1: dead, and I think you've got to go in there and wipe those guys out, and that's it.
2: You have to, because if you don't wipe them out, they're going to come back again, General. They will we come know back. That. They will be back. They'll just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And, you know, so six the, months from, ago, or six
1: you, from now, with, 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 with President Biden's open borders... You know, expect
2: problems in New York. Expect problems in our cities. Yeah, it's scary. Wow. Uh, General Keith Kellogg, we so appreciate you being here on this big breaking news day. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank Thank you. Always, General. Now, uh, away from
1: uh, Israel and back to New York City, uh, who's the best that knows what's going on in the streets of New York with with us uh, right now is... uh, Curtis Lee, well, Curtis, tell us about the streets of New York. I mean, I've been saying all day that we better watch out. We're going to have a problem one of these days.
11: Oh, no doubt. We have uh, many of the illegal aliens have come in from what they call the sub-Saharan portion of Africa, Mauritania, where you have active ISIS and al-Qaeda cells, Mali, which just went through insurrection, Chad, the Sudan, all of them have active cells. So if
1: they get $1,000 in cash and and a gun, they're going to go and uh, do whatever they uh, they were told to do. It just takes a small percentage.
11: And uh, clearly, they'll end up affiliating with mosques here in the tri-state area, wherever they end up worshipping. And they can be influenced. Look, that's what happened in 1993, the first World Trade Center attack. Uh, and what we saw eventually in the successful attack, uh, they took down the two towers. And remember, they think the third uh, time is the charm. Third yeah. time Mr. Chum.
2: You know, I want to ask you, you were out at the protest too, also, uh, over the weekend. I, immediately, we saw protests that were pro and against. Uh, I, I don't understand the, the people who are saying it's okay what's going on to Israel. It's, it's horrific. Uh, tell us what was going on at the rallies where you went. Remember,
11: this protest. is part of the Democratic Party. The Democratic Socialists right. of America organized this through the New York City division, and it was, uh, authorized by the National Division. That means the highest levels. Bernie Sanders, AOC, all out crazy. Uh, Some of the elected officials from city council were there that were DSA, uh, and they were not only trashing the state of Israel, but at a time of so much death and destruction and kidnappings and hostage-taking, they seemed to be joyful, euphoric, and they they were battling the few who were there in support of the state of Israel. They took the American flags. They took uh, Israeli flags. They burnt them. It was an absolute disgrace. And it started, by the way, they were
2: happening again today. Uh, They're going on right now.
11: Yep, and they'll continue to go on. The DSA is strong, and that's why we have to defeat them in both the city council, the state assembly, and the state senate here in New York because they are a powerful wing of the Democratic
1: Party. I hope the Democratic Party realizes That only ten percent of their their party is a bunch of socialists and and whatever else,
2: but they got to they have to have the courage to stand up against them. And by the way, I'm happy to see that some have, which is good. Richie Torres has the governor, Governor local condemned it. Thank goodness.
1: Well, we need more. The Democratic Party has to stand up against the crazies. Enough is enough, guys. Let the record show. agree with Curtis. Yeah, absolutely. And, And judge your Democratic friends. Our Democrat friends should wake up
5: and smell the the coffee because we're at a time of crisis.
1: Well, thank you. We need to pray for people. We have to pray for our country. We have to pray for the people in Israel. And God bless America. Thank you so much, guys.
2: What do we stand for, everybody? Truth, Truth, justice, justice, and and the the American American way.
1: way. God bless.